This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the wait is over. The moment has arrived. Starman Negative 3 is here with Episode 1. And holy shit, I think we've got a doozy for you. Welcome to Starman. My name is Johnny C. And of course, you're listening to the new TNN. Now, if for some insane reason you're just now tuning into Starman for the very first time, let's briefly talk about what we do on this show. Well, Dave Meltzer. Fucking wrestling journalist demigods got himself a list. A list of Meltzer, if you will. And on this list is his worst star-rated matches of all time. We've been going through them uh, in bolt, in batches, if you will, in Starman here, and uh, taking them to court. It's a court of podcast-based wrestling slash sports entertainment. Uh, entertainment? Can you say that? So basically, long story short, I watch the matches, I gather evidence during the match only, and then I render a verdict, is the match guilty or not guilty of Dave's star rankings? Now, today's episode, like I said, is a doozy, and it's super special because it's one of our one match episodes, because when I tell you what match we're doing, you will understand that it's going to take an entire episode to fit this mammoth structure into the show. Because we are talking about a three-tiered Tower of Terror and Doob. It is the Doobsday Cage to End Hulkmania! From WCW Uncensored 96. And yes, it is Hulkmania, despite what the Hulkster says. I'm going by what the Buffster says. It's Hulkmania! So, this match is absolutely legendary and for good reason, but we will get into all of that. Ironically enough, uh, it's Uncensored 96. The last time WCW had Uncensored before this one was 95, and that was the inaugural issue or edition of Uncensored. It also took place in Tupelo, Mississippi, in this exact same arena. And we also did a very special episode on one match from that show as well. See the archives for the King of Road match! Hey, babe. Uh... No one's around. Can you give me some road match? Yeah, it's okay. Nobody's looking. Yeah, it's Kevin Nash getting some road match here. Uh, driving towards the... Oh, babe, don't use your teeth. I'm looking for the La Quinta. Did you see? You said you saw one. Actually, don't answer that question. Just keep going on with the road match. I've got it. I'm driving my, my diesel-powered big rig here. Scotsters in the back. Passed out. Looking for the looking to getting some road match. I don't know why this Kevin Nash gag is still going. Was it even funny to start with? I don't know. Hey, don't answer. 
just keep, yeah, just clear your throat because it's coming. Oh, all right, road match complete. Now, where's the La Quinta? Yikes, ladies and gentlemen. Yikes, indeed. So, yeah, it's the key to the road match. Go listen to it. It's a lot of fun. But on these very special episodes, which is the whole reason I started this little tirade, is that we like to take a look back and reflect on our society at the time. I don't have as much info as I usually gather because we did March of 95 and how much can really change in a year. But I should note every piece of shit and uh, ammunition that I fired at Mississippi in that episode maintains true to this one as well. But pop culture encompasses more than professional wrestling. And let's talk about some music. The number one song in America when I read it on the interwebs there, I was like, fuck, what is that song? What is that song? And then I remembered... I remember the song because they played it at all the junior high dances I was going to at this time. And I remember I danced with a lady during this song. And uh, I don't remember who it was. I just remember doing it. You were my strength when I was weak. You were my voice when I couldn't speak. You give me strength. I don't know. You believe I'm everything I am because you love me. Oh, I am my voice when I was weak. I fucked up the words many fucking times. But yeah, it's it's that song by Celine Dion, Because You Loved Me, which uh, comes to us from a soundtrack. Yes, back in the day, movies had soundtracks that people cared about and went to their local Sam Goody to purchase This comes from a forgotten film, Up Close and Personal, about a middle-aged Robert Redford before he was in the MCU, kidsters. All you kidsters out there, Robert Redford was an actual actor before he was Secretary Alexander Pierce in the MCU, falling in love with a 1995 or 6 Michelle Pfeiffer, the Catwoman herself. Thank you very much. I'll have what he's having. Um... I've never seen the movie. I don't know anybody that has. I just remember the music video uh, has them like kissing in a lake and Michelle Pfeiffer is all wet. And it's like, you were my voice when I was weak. Is he going to keep singing? Is he going to keep singing that song? No, I'm done. But I'll tell you what, Celine Dion, even though you'll dominate late 97 and most of 98 with that fucking song. Oh, God. Oh, we are here, here. Um, even though you'll dominate next year, you better watch your back here because debuting on the Billboard Top 10 at number 7, up four places from 11 last week, is Ironic by Alanis Morissette. You will eventually be dethroned, I promise. Now, over in the cinemas, The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams and Nathan Lane and Gene Hackman and Diane Weist, was in its third week of box office dominance and would do so yet again, leading the box office for four weeks in a row. Not too shabby. Uh, This is the film where Robin Williams goes, Madonna, 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 but you keep it all inside. Uh, It's quite a funny film. Uh, Nathan Lane is tremendous in it. Uh, It would be dethroned by Primal Fear, uh, that movie where Richard Gere's a lawyer, the movie that gave us Edward Norton, and then we eventually gave him back. Um, But also, 
Just to note for the birdcage here to throw it some props, there's only one other movie in 1996 that led the box office for four weeks in a row, which would be the most amount of weeks any movie would lead the box office in 96. That movie was into fucking Pendence Day, which even though it sucks, was quite a phenomenon, so good for you, the birdcage. Way to dominate the spring. I believe the last movie I probably saw in theaters around this time was Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx, because it came out the last week in February, and I've got a birthday in early March, and I remember going to see it uh, as part of my birthday shenanigans. I like Rumble in the Bronx. I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't actually think they filmed any of it in New York, by the way. So, anywho, in 96, I'd gotten back into professional wrestling thanks to the Royal Rumble in Fresno, uh, when I thought it was cool that Vader was going to the WWF. I had been on an exodus since Diesel beat Backlund in the Garden, but I'm back. But I have to admit, even though I've always been a Federation guy, the allure of WCW is somewhat intoxicating, even though even I was wearing thin of Hulkmania. And you know who else was wearing thin of Hulkmania? Kevin Sullivan. In fact... Since the fall of 94, so uh, Hogan comes in in July of 94, and since the fall, Kevin Sullivan has been trying desperately to eliminate Hulkmania. So this match we're going to talk about here on Starman in March of 96, good lord, quite a, quite a feud they've had, is the, the culmination of that journey to eliminate Hulkmania. Everything that's basically taken place since Hogan stepped through the doors of WCW is about to come to a conclusion. Now, what often honestly gets overlooked about this match, I don't know about overlooked, but... And, and really think of this. That toxic period of Hogan coming in and bringing in all his buddies and jobbing out guys like Mero and Austin and Foley and all that shit. Like, all that negativity that comes with Hogan before the NWO forms, this is pretty much it. Like, you can fucking draw a line in the sand in July, and that line ends, uh, July 94, that is, and then draw the line here and be like, this this is the end of an era. Uh, Hell in a Cell, end of an era. Fucking the Doomsday Cage even has its own theme song. Fortune, fame, Miravan, gone insane, but the cage still remains. Suddenly devolving into a musical episode here. But yeah, this is the end of an era fully loaded strap match. First blood, fully loaded, end of an era strap. No, wait. I always get that confused because the fully loaded in 98 has the fully loaded strap match. But the fully loaded in 99 has the fully loaded first blood, end of an era match. I always want to say first blood, fully loaded, end of an era strap match. I promise I will eventually talk about Uncensored 96, but all these things are coming to me, and, you know, it's more fun when things come to you. But, anyway, final final thoughts on what I was saying. This is the fucking end of the Hogan red and yellow era in WCW, and the toxicity that comes with uh, all the ex-WWF guys coming in. Now, look, I mean, ex-WWF guys will keep coming, but it's not as negative, and it doesn't make us feel as negative towards the product. In fact, two weeks after this show, Hogan disappears until he drops the leg on Savage at the Bash on the Beach. So there you fucking go. Let's try to get a little bit deeper into the context here. We're already in context, but let's go a little bit deeper. So basically, this two-year-long saga of the uh, Alliance to End Hulkmania, Kevin Sullivan's always been on the forefront of it, but he's basically had three different teams that he's formed over this time period to try to end Hulkmania. 
Now, from 94 to mid-95-ish or 95-ish early, you've got what are known as the Faces of Fear. No, not those guys. We'll talk about them in a moment. This is just Kevin Sullivan, Avalanche, or Earthquake, or Shark, or Not a Man, Not a Fish, John Tenta, and Brutus the Butchering, Barbering, Zodiacing, Bootying, Beefcake uh, Disciple of the OWN. Brutus Beefcake is the Butcher. Then in 95 to 96, basically, we get the actual official Dungeon of Doom with Sullivan, Shark, Kamala, Ming, Barbarian as the Faces of Fear, uh, the Giant, who at this point is about to, is current WWE Champion the Giant right now. Yes, I think he is. I think he recently won it from Flair. Uh, no, because he fights... Uh, God damn, who's the champion here? Fuck it, I don't care. But Giant would be champ if he... Uh, yeah, Flair wins it at Super Brawl. He loses it to the Giant in April. So I guess Flair's the champ? Jesus, if Flair gets jobbed like a bitch and they don't even announce him as the champion, who's the motherfucking champion? Ah, oh, God damn it. Now I have to look it up. WCW Championship. So, what's everybody been up to lately? Uh, I've been kind of watching some shit. I, I'm trying to figure out as I'm looking this up. I'm, I'm, I'm stalling. This is what's called stalling. I'm trying to figure out what movie to cover next on Starman. I've been thinking of a couple different things, and I also just watched a very important movie in the history of ever. Um, recently, for the first time, Flair's the champion until the Giant wins in April. I guess I'll just leave you hanging with the information I was going to share about uh, Junkman. Anywho, so yeah, Flair's the champion. He doesn't even get announced as the champion, and he's, well, we'll get to it. Um, uh, one final member of the Dungeon of Doom I don't want to leave out. The Yeti! And then the third iteration is this Alliance to End Hulkmania, which is basically the Dungeon of Doom and the Horsemen, and sort of a corporate ministry-style merger. This alliance is composed of many unique individuals, led by Kevin Sullivan, featuring the Faces of Fear and Lex Luger, along with Jimmy Hart, their manager. You've got... Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, Woman, Liz, and then a couple of folks that I need to talk about in just a little bit more detail. Because this alliance to end Hulkamania has recruited a couple of new members specifically for the Uncensored Encounter. Up first, the Gangsta, played by legendary filmmaker Tom Tiny Lester Jr., who unfortunately we lost in recent times. Now look, we all know who this guy is, but let's pretend we don't for a second. Tiny Lister has a massive pop culture resume, okay? Let's really think about this. He first appears on my radar in Armed and Dangerous, the movie with John Candy and Eugene Levy, where they're security guards. Yeah, the movie kind of sucks, but he at least is in it. Ah, uh, Tiny, this is Eugene Levy. How are you? How are you, Tiny? Now, I, I saw in the script this scene calls for you. To punch me in the face, but Tiny, I gotta tell you, I've got this warm-baked apple pie, huh? And maybe, maybe it don't hit me so hard? How about it, Tiny? Uh, Tiny next appears in No Holds Barred as the character Zeus, uh, where he acts with Hulk Hogan, and then of course famously has his run as the wrestling character Zeus in the WWF. He then shows up in Universal Soldier, with JCVD and fucking Doctor of Chemistry, Dolph Lundgren, the king of fucking uh, Zebel from Aquaman, the fucking Siberian Express, even Drago. 
the fucking uh, He-Man of the Master of the Universe. Dolph Lundgren rules. Uh, he shows up in Meteor Man, which is a movie I've desperately been trying to watch for a couple years, but I can't find anywhere. I watched it as a kid and didn't get it. I feel like I totally get it now, and I want to see it. Then he appears in Friday as the legendary Depot. Who wants some of Depot? And then its sequel next Friday as well. Probably his most iconic role outside of Zeus. He appears as the president in the Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman star, The Fifth Element. He then shows up in Little Nicky as uh, one of the sons of Satan, played by Harvey Keitel. Uh, he's brothers with Adam Sandler's titular Little Nicky. And of course, don't forget their third brother, the guy that played the lizard. In fucking Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man No Way Home. And also plays the Hand of the King in House of Dragons. Reese Einfantz is the guy's name. I actually like this guy, but ooh, I love to hate him in House of the Dragon. Uh, I like him as the Lizard, too. Hey, Max, I'll give you a makeover you won't believe. Let me guess. You turn me into a Lizard. Yes, I'll turn you into a Lizard. Yeah, I'm the Lizard. But Why didn't they just have the Lizard wear the lab coat? in any of the Spider-Man films. I mean, come the fuck on. It's not hard to animate. It's white. It blows in the wind. Sure, you might have to animate that. Big missed opportunity not having the lizard with a lab coat, but uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now I'm just thinking of Jamie Foxx in No Way Home, who's an underrated component of that film. Damn, you gotta watch where you fall. Hey, excuse me. Y'all ain't gonna pretend like I ain't sitting out here butt-ass naked? <laughs> I mean, I... I I kind of like the Amazing Spider-Man films. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it on Junkman sometime, and I can really get into it. But I, I'm all over the place. He's also in Goldmember uh, when he's in jail yelling at fucking Dr. Evil. I remember going to see it, and we were hammered. One of my buddies stands up in the middle of the movie, and he's like, Who wants some of Depot, huh? And everybody's like, Sit down, you fucking teenagers. Uh, he shows up in The Dark Knight in 2008 as the only prisoner who won't blow up the other boat. I'm going to do what you should have done 10 minutes ago. And then he also appears on the TV show Enterprise where he plays the first Klingon that is ever uh, met by the members of the uh, Starfleet Federation thing. I'm not a big Star Trek guy, but even I know that that's got to be a pretty big character in Star Trek lore. So, Tiny Lister, man, I mean, you know, you should be proud. I mean, you've really got a fucking resume here and, and quite a body of work. Now, the second member of this new configuration is the ultimate, not final, solution. The ultimate solution is a big, bald guy named Jeep Swenson, who wrestled in the Global Wrestling Federation in Texas in 94, where he feuded, apparently, with Ahmed Johnson. Can you fucking imagine these matches? Now, Jeep Swenson famously played Bane, in 1997's Batman and Robin, which was released in June of 97, and unfortunately would pass away in August 97. Now, this isn't the cool version of Bane. This is the stupid version of Bane that says things like, Ugh, monkey work. <laughs> Bane. Which isn't anything like Bane. It's not the sweet Tom Hardy Bane. Uh, what an amazing voice. This bomb is mobile. No one cared about me till I put on the mask. But we are initiated, Bruce. Members of the League of Shadows. With no survivors! Anywho, 
Uh, he also played Lug Wrench Perkins in No Holds Barred. So, so there's a ton of history here. Is Lug Wrench Perkins the guy that Brell walks up to when he's like, "Hey, Lug Wrench," and Lug Wrench is like, Rrr. "I don't remember. I haven't watched No Holds Barred in like a week." You know, that's a kind of a rule of life. You got to watch No Holds Barred every week, or else you get sick. So. Uh, this alliance has challenged the Mega Powers to a final match to end all matches in the Doomsday Cage. Now, I absolutely fell victim to the trap of this cage. I'd never seen anything like it before. Now, this cage was used in the 80s in Crockett, but I think they called it the Tower of Doom. And, uh, I, you know, we're one week before WrestleMania 12, and as part of my birthday negotiations, because that's, when you're a kidster, birthdays are all about negotiating, right? I had negotiated the purchase of WrestleMania 12 into my birthday configuration. And uh, I tuned into the main event the night of this show on TBS, and it was live from the arena, and God damn it, I saw the fucking Doomsday Cage, and it looked amazing. I'd never seen anything like it, and so I, I dug into my, my underwear drawer where I kept my cold, hard birthday cash, and I handed Momster some money and said, I have to be a part of Uncensored 96 on a pay-per-view basis. I think she told me I needed therapy, took the money, and pressed the button, so I got to watch it. Um, Now, this cage, it's three cages basically stacked onto one, kind of. Uh, there's a giant cage that, encom- that compass- encompasses a ring. Oh, and I should mention, this cage is in the entranceway. It takes up so much room, uh, you know, hence no, not a lot of seats being sold in that area. But there's a ring in- around the entrance area with a big cage over it, like a Hell in a Cell style. And then there's two tinier cages stacked on top of it. And those cages have mesh fencing bottoms so you could technically walk on them although i gotta be honest i wouldn't fucking want to now they've also erected scaffolding walkways and stairs next to the cage so you can walk up to the top and safely get in and what have you and those will come into play i mean i don't want to spend a lot of time explaining it guys i'm assuming you're you've seen it or you at least googled it before you listen to be, you know, when you saw the name of the episode, we're like, what's this thing? So I'm going to assume you're not stupid and you know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'm here. How Johnny C households watching it. Uh, it's time for me to watch it. Let's get into this bad boy and talk about the fun of the entrances. And then fuck the bells going to ring and we got to go to trial. Now, when I, I looked this bad boy up on Peacock, the fucking, poster that you see when you click on it actually has jeep swenson wearing his bane mask from the batman and robin poster which i mean i guess that makes sense i mean warner brothers connection between turner and everything so whatever our announcers are tony shivani dusty Rhodes, and bobby debrain heenan while queuing up the match dusty calls this 45 feet of different cages bobby heenan is dressed like a priest he's in all black with a white collar sticking up i don't know what you want from me he does Bobby compares this thing to Alcatraz. Tony says, The Mega Powers will face a confrontation like no other. I just can't believe he actually said Mega Powers. Because, you know, Mega Powers? And there's such a fucking weird thing here. Like, Tony says Mega Powers. Buffer says, well, Buffer says something else. We'll get to it. And every time Buffer says what he says, the closed captioning says Mega Powers. I don't understand this. Like, let's just... Okay, I'll spoil it. Fucking Buffer calls them Mega Force. Every time someone says Mega Force, the closed captioning says Mega Powers. I don't under-fucking-stand this. Anywho, 
Uh, Tony says, the rules are actually quite simple. <laughs> I disagree, Tony, but let's hear it. The mega powers begin at the top. It's like a gauntlet. Once they get through a cage, if they win in that particular cage, then those men would be eliminated till they work their way down to the bottom. Hogan and Savage can be pinned or submitted at any time. Hogan and Savage must go, must go through every man to win their match. <laughs> All right, now, it sounds like Tony says that well, Tony says, if they win in that particular cage, then those men would be eliminated till they work their way down to the bottom. So it sounds like when they get to the bottom, everybody that's been eliminated is allowed to come back. It also sounds like each one of these bad guys is going to have to lay down for Hogan. It sounds like to get from cage one to cage two, Hogan or Savage will have to pin or submit whoever is in cage one. We're going to see, folks, that's not the case. So... I mean, right there, even though we're not in the evidence portion, those are the rules. The sports entertainers don't follow the rules. Are we exposing the business? Oh, boy. Is this the first match that's exposed the business before it's ever started? Bobby's like, you know, it doesn't matter, Shivani. There's no rules. By the way, I can't hear you, Tony. I can't hear you. Dusty. God love you, Dusty. He's talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's the fourth like we've never seen here in WCW. I'll tell you what. Now, but... He does his classic, uh, this is something like we never seen in WCW, with a big boy's play. I love how he works in with a big boy's play, whatever he just says, WCW. Even with no context. But let's head to the Buffster. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an event like no other. Eight men will meet the Mega Force. Let's get ready to rumble! The pyro goes off for the Doomsday Cage. It looks expensive. The Doomsday Cage looks expensive. I'm pretty sure they took a loss on this entire thing. And now, coming to the ring, eight men that are out to stop Hawkmania. First, a living legend of pro wrestling, the master of the figure four, the 13-time heavyweight champion of the world, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Coming out next. <laughs> uh, well, Flair comes out with the ladies, I should add. Uh, our next individual will be joining us wearing a sweatsuit, I'd like to add. Also, from the horror Four Horsemen, he is known as Arn Anderson. <laughs> That's all he fucking gets, too. Also, from the Four Horsemen, he's known as Arn Anderson. Next, the most devious of them all, the leader of the Dungeon of Doom. He is the owner himself, the Taskmaster. One of the most awesome physical specimens in the world of wrestling today. He is the total package Lex Luger. Now, from some unknown part of the planet, considered to be the most dangerous man on the face of the earth, Ming. And a man banned from almost every country because of the path of human destruction he has left in his wake. He is the Barbarian. And now, a nightmare from Hulk Hogan's past. He's returned to haunt him again. Ladies and gentlemen, the Gangsta! The Gangsta, says Dusty. The Gangster, corrects Bobby. I fucking love this. The Gangsta. The Gangsta, that's what I said. No, you said the Gangster. It's the Gangster. I can hear you, Dusty. I can hear you. And also... Of the, and also, one of the most dangerous of them all, his arms are more powerful than anyone in the history of professional wrestling. He's vowed to crush the Megaforce with his powerful biceps, ladies and gentlemen, the ultimate solution! 
Z Gangsta, an ultimate solution are nowhere to be found. This is the alliance to stop Hulkamania! So each cage, like Tony mentioned in this match, in this match is sort of a match of its own, so to speak. So here's how things line up. The first cage on the topmost cage, the first cage you will enter. It's got a, a line down the middle, if you will, but it's one room basically. Anderson and Flair are in the first room. So if you want this match to continue to the alleged second and third stages, you have to beat the heavyweight champion of the world and Arn Anderson in this tiny cage. Great idea. The next cage, cage number two, is two rooms. In the first room, and it's tiny, is the Faces of Fear. Buffers led me to believe that Ming and Barbarian will eat me if I look at them the wrong way. Next cage, so come on, Megaforce, can you really get past them in these close quarters combat stage? Next, on the second half of Cage 2, is Luger and the Taskmaster. At the bottom, in the ring, is no one. I'm assuming this is where Z-Gangsta and Ultimate would be if they were here. So, this is what they gotta get through. Alright. Uh, Brian Pillman, by the way, is nowhere to be found. Tony tries to throw some shade. Is he afraid to be locked up with the Taskmaster? No, Tony. He's out getting himself paid. He's American made. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Megaforce. Two of the most powerful and popular figures in the world of wrestling today. 240 pounds of action and durability from Sarasota, Florida. He is known the world over and has captured titles and championship belts in front of millions of fans. Here's Randy Macho Man Savage. With his entire left arm taped up. And now, 275 pounds of superhero, one of the most famous athletes in the world. He is followed by legions of fans from all four corners of the earth. Tonight, he and his Megaforce partner are out to defend everything they've ever earned in the ring. Tonight, their honor, their glory is on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of Hawkmania, the one, the only, Hulk Hogan! The camera follows the Megaforce as they climb the tower. Like, oh yeah, dude. Hey, should we keep going, brother? Like, they get to the second level. It's like, there's one more, there's one more, one more cage to climb, dude. Hey, audience, should we go? Should we go up top, brother? All right, much. Let's do it. Um, they enter cage number one with Flair and Anderson. The bell doesn't ring, but people are punching one another. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started with the case of the Doomsday Cage, the Megaforce. Versus the Alliance to End Hawk Mania from Uncensored 1996 in Tupelo. In the top tier of this Doomsday Cage, Hogan matches up with Anderson and Savage with Flair. It's all punch, kick, punch, kick, kick, punch. It's all in the mind. If you want to test me, I'm sure you'll find the things I'll teach you. I'll show what I beat you. Nevertheless, you got a lesson from teacher. Now kick, kick, kick. Kick, 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 punch, 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 chop, 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 and spin to the left. Kick, punch, chop, and turn to the left. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that was my that was my Parappa the Rapper there. But whenever I write punch, kick in my notes, I mean, that's what I think about. And I'd rather think about that video game than this match. Arn Anderson eats some steel. It looks like his sweatsuit is triple XL. Way too big for Arn Anderson. Where are Ultimate Solution and Z Gangster? Wait the minute. You'll probably find out. 
says the brain. You can tell that the crowd can't see anything that's happening here in this cage because Flair is chopping people and nobody is wooing. What a great day for television, says Bobby the Brain Heated. We're briefly in a split screen for no reason because we can see. It's hard to walk on that mesh steel. It's hard to work a wrestling match, too. Savage, I notice, has been down pretty much since this whole encounter started. It's perfect that he lined up with DDP later on in life, because they're both great at constantly being dead in the middle of a match. Ah, let's see here. There's a great moment where the Macho Man Randy Savage is on his feet, and he holds Arn Anderson for like 15 seconds. He's waiting for Hogan to come over and punch Arn. But Hogan never arrives, and Arn has to figure out a way to struggle free. Bobby is all over this match, man. He's trying to sell, like, the majesty of it, but it all sounds pretty tongue-in-cheek. Hogan rips his shirt. The crowd pops, so maybe they can't see after all and just didn't care about the earlier stuff. Nice continuity moment. A savage immediately picks up the shirt like, Brother, I need your scraps. I'm used to picking up your scraps, but I really need them right now. And he starts choking Arn with the scraps, or the remnants of the Hulkamania shirt. It's at this point... I noticed that uh, this is not really a match. They're just kind of play fighting in there. It's very pathetic. This surpasses the Super Bowl, the World Series, anything you name it. It's tremendous. A vicious shin kick by Ric Flair, and Hogan is hurting. He's going, oh, oh. Hey, referee Randy Anderson's in the cage, so I guess he's ready to count the fall if necessary. I love the camera pans out, and we see the jabronis downstairs just have to watch this all take place. Uh, Bobby the Brain, you've been manager of the year many times. What is Snake in the Grass, Jimmy Hot, and the devilish women down there thinking about right now? Well, you know, in a cage match, all you can offer a man is support. At, when you're at eye level, but 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 feet in the air, you just have to stand back and watch. Dusty, I can't hear you. I, I can't hear you. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Bobby the Brain, how fresh is the next teeth down below? I don't know. I've never seen a match like this before. Uh, but, Dusty, I would imagine they're fresh because they haven't wrestled a match yet. They're just looking up. Well, maybe their necks won't be fresh. But come on, Dusty, you're better than that. Stereo figure fours. Thank God for the split screen because I can see both of them. If Savage and Hogan give up to these figure fours, it's over right here. I tell you, if you got a chain link fence at home, tear it down and just lay on it. Just lay on it and lay on it on your back. It will tear you to threads. Yeah, and pull your neighbor over and slap the figure four on him. Or maybe put the figure eight on his Doberman. Hogan reverses the figure four. Flair drops a weapon to the next tier. Uh, what is that? What did Flair just drop down in the cage? It looked like a spoon. It looked like a spoon, Tony. He's. Does he have any Fruit Loops, Tony? Tony Fruit Loops, you need a spoon! I need a spoon! I'm trying to eat my Fruit Loops! Bobby is this fucking match so far, I might add. Flair and Arn are both down in the cage. The Mega Force throws some vicious powder in their eyes. They find a trap door, and suddenly they're in cage two. No pin, no submission. Tony says that Arn and Flair are eliminated. Are they eliminated, Tony? because they're very much needed for the finish of this match. But they're technically eliminated. Oh, the business. I don't know if the business can survive an exposure like this, okay? I mean, you think that, you know, those pictures you had on your phone getting leaked is in is a big exposure? No. Oh, no. This is 46 trillion times worse. Uh, Jimmy... 
that being Jimmy Hart, yells at the Taskmaster to get him! And so all four men in Cage 2 pounce onto the Megaforce. Hulk Hogan has a chain, however. And uh, the Macho Man is getting beat up by somebody. I don't know who. But then I hear a noise. And this noise can be heard all over this match. And it lets me know who is beating on the Macho Man Randy Savage. I hear... Oh! 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 So Lex Luger is beating on the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Now Lex Luger and Kevin Sullivan are double-teaming Hulk Hogan, and the Faces of Fear are double-teaming the Macho Man. Randy Anderson's also in cage number two, so, uh, you know, if, if there's a pinfall or a submission, I guess Randy is ready. This tier is almost impossible to call. If you thought the first tier was just play fighting and child acting, well, this is even worse. The only saving grace is that about every six seconds you get, Wow! Wow! But your mileage may vary on the entertainment level. I find it hilarious whatever Luger does. Wow! But you might not. Hogan takes this chain that he's been using as a weapon and locks the faces of fear inside half of the second tier. So they're just out of here. They disappear forever. Well, we see them a few times, but they, they're gone. They're just locked. They outsmarted the faces of fear. Meanwhile, Arn Anderson and Flair are climbing down the trap door, and they're just locked in the faces of fear side of the cage. So, uh, you know, these guys all look really good. Hogan rams Lex Luger face first into the cage. Uh, it's tremendous because when his face hits the cage, oh! And then Luger falls onto the cage, and we get, oh! It's some sort of a fucking record with the, oh! per second. Because you get like two and a half in one second. Hulk Hogan and Kevin Sullivan then fight outside to the scaffolding. The vicious wooden scaffolding steps that uh, are connected to the second tier of the cage. Kevin Sullivan gets punched and he starts to fall over the rail. Tupelo actually reacts. God help me. They're still paying attention. There is some nice camera work as the cameraman who's below Kevin Sullivan gets some good coverage of Kevin dangling. But Kevin hits a low blow and is safe from uh, what would be absolute death falling off this structure. Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan fight down the steps. The split screen shows us that the Macho Man and Luger are still on Tier 2 fighting, and all the losers who have been eliminated are just watching on the locked side, shaking the fence like, Come on! Come on! Come on, let me get out! Let me out of the other cage! Woo! Woo! Just go outside and climb down, man! There's steps! Fuck me sideways! Uh, the Taskmaster and Hogan fight in the aisle. Luger pursues. Savage also follows. So now we've just basically got a Texas Tornado-style match down by the ring. Fitting that Sullivan and Hogan take the charge as we get to the ring, because this is supposed to be their story. Hogan beats the shit out of Sullivan with a microphone, uh, hits a big boot. On the split screen, we see Savage and Lex are both down. Dusty has a panic attack. Oh, the, them boys who's locked up, they just broke free, Tony! They just broke free! There's no reaction to this. I don't know if it actually happened. And you know what? The guys don't run to the ring, so I don't believe you, Dusty. You're lying to me! And I paid to watch this. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Kevin Sullivan then fight their way back to the Doomsday Cage. Kevin Sullivan gets rammed into the cage face first. Uh, Luger... And uh, Savage are over on the other side of the Doomsday Cage. We're in split screen. Taskmaster's down, so Hogan can now focus on Luger and Savage. 
there's an amazing moment here on split screen. Hogan's side, the camera that's been following Hogan, is on the right. And Luger and Savage are on the left. Now, Hogan decides to sneak over to where Lex Luger is so he can Pearl Harbor him, dude. And we see Hogan close up on his screen, and we see him in the distance on the other screen. Hogan starts to sneak. It's a combination of Solid Snake and Bugs Bunny with the sneaking techniques. And then Hogan rushes forward, and we hit him. We see him see Luger on both screens. And you know what? I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. It was probably the high spot of the match. That being the sneaking, okay? Not the other stuff. Uh, what happens next? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Hogan and uh, Luger get uh, get a steel chair, and uh, somebody gets hit with a chair, and Bobby says, Did you hear that? It sounds like duck season! It's pretty funny. You know, I, I, I'm i skipping. This, this is so fucking stupid. This is awful. I hear some boos, which mean here come the ultimate solution and Z-Gangsta. Z-Gangsta betrays his no-holds-barred-the-match-the-movie partner and starts to grab the Macho King by the shoulders. The ultimate solution grabs Hogan, and they all four slowly walk to the other ring, the ring that is confined within steel cage number three over on the Doomsday side. Solution and Hogan enter the cage. I actually really like the camera angle we get here. It's pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch a show like it, but for a quick angle, it's fine. Ultimate Solution and Hogan face off center ring. Savage and Z Gangster in the corner. It's basically a tornado tag team match here in ring number three. The Ultimate Solution pushes Hulk Hogan down. Look at the power! Look at the power on the Ultimate Solution! Z Gangster is just lunging like he's Frankenstein's monster. Let's see if I can explain this. So, Z Gangster is facing off with the Macho Man. Z Gangster lunges. Savage slowly ducks out of way and goes behind him because you don't have to move very quickly. See, Gangster turns around and is like, Aah! lunges again. Savage does the same thing. It's it's tremendous but awful at the same time. It's, uh, it's just it's so fucking boring. <sighs> Anywho. Z-Gangster and Hogan haven't touched during this match at all. And that surprises me, because I would have thought that Hogan, upon seeing Z-Gangster, would become overwhelmingly angered with the prospects of a potential revenge. After all, this man has come back from the dead, that being Z-Gangster, and Z-Gangster crippled Hulk Hogan's brother, Randy. Suddenly, the Taskmaster has some sort of a pull, and he's poking it through the cage at random people. He's harpooning people! The Macho Man goes up top and hits a double axe hammer to Z-Gangster. Oh, he got a mobbly! He got a mobbly! The Solution and Hogan, at this point, are just walking back and forth. My God, the action. Finally, Hulk Hogan punches Zeus. And the entire match stops dead as these two former foes finally face off. The crowd says nothing. Hogan throws another punch. Z-Gangster, God help me and God love him, fucks up blocking the punch. (laughs) Applies a choke to the Hulkster. Hulk Hogan is down. Zeus is choking Hogan. The ref goes down. Could we get a pinfall combination? Yeah! 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 Yells Z-Gangster. Hogan, though, ranks the eyes and Z-Gangster is rammed into the top turnbuckle. Macho Man is trapped in an ultimate solution bear hug. Hey, look! 
Arn Anderson is back, and he took off his sweatsuit. He looks like 40 pounds lighter. Ric Flair is back as well, and now we've got a four-on-two scenario. This is great because the three guys that are not Ric Flair are beating on the Megaforce, and Ric Flair watches, struts, woos, and bounces off the ropes like, woo, woo. It's the, well, that might be the best part of the match, in my opinion. Uh, the horsemen are all stomping on the Megaforce now, and the big boys are just in the corner breathing hard watching. Not surprised. Uh, Zeke Angster gets Hogan and does what are best described as the Zeus strikes. You know, the, the two big overhand, ah, ah, like the two clubbing fists that he does when he's Zeus. If He didn't snap the neck, though, so I was disappointed. Both the Megaforce members are down in the corner by the door, and I suddenly see there is a massive pile of cocaine in the ring. Out of nowhere. Like a Tony Montana-sized pile of cocaina. I thought the movie Better Off Dead had an awesome ski team, but folks, the boys in the ring have just won that title. This is the greatest ski team ever assembled. They medaled in Atlanta, Tokyo, and I think Los Angeles. Hogan and Savage grab a big scoop of the cocaina. The booty man is here. He gives the Mega Force Mega Frying Pans. Cocaine to the eyes of the heels. Frying pans to the face of the heels. The Megaforce leaves. Or, sorry, the Megaforce lives. Go for it, baby! Go for it, baby! Waktow! 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 The heels are down. Lex Luger is back. He attacks Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Oh, my God! Luger pulls a black glove out of his trunks, and he's putting it on his hand! Okay, guys, this is this is getting a little too fucking serious, all right? I get it. You're here to entertain us. You hit each other with chairs, frying pans, the cage, the giant wood planks. That's all fun and games. But that is a fucking black glove. Somebody could really get hurt. I do not approve. That's one step too far. That's fucking dangerous. That's a weighted glove! Flair holds Savage. Luger swings with the loaded black glove! The Macho Man ducks. Lex Luger stops his punch, eh, but says fuck it and punches Ric Flair anyway, clearly making a choice to strike a nature boy Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan punches everyone in the ring that isn't Ric Flair once, like it's a goddamn fucking four, touch the four-quarter strap match. He punches everybody once. He runs toward the Macho Man, audibly says, Let's get out of here, dude. The Mega Force leaves. They get outside of the cage. They both turn around like, oh, shit, dude, we forgot to win. Savage dives in, covers the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. One, two, three, it's over! Oh, thank fucking God. Look, we don't follow the, we don't count the post-match here. It's just bell-to-bell action. The case is concluded. Here's the question. We know it's guilty, but is this the worst match that we've covered? Now, we've had a couple of worst matches. For the longest time, Hogan and Savage in the cage at Uncensored 97, I think, or 98, was the worst match on this show. And then Mongo and uh, Reggie White held the title for a while. And now the TNA uh, knockouts gauntlet match is the current 
holder of the title. I don't know. No, I'd rather watch this over that match, I think, because this at least has the fucking patheticness factor. That match was just, like, poorly acted, and the Pope and Josh Matthews were on commentary, so the TNA Knockouts Battle Royal is still the worst match in history. But, man, negative three, starting with a bang. Oh, God. And you know what, guys? I realize... You know, that I talked for like a half hour about nothing. And I've only talked for like maybe 20 minutes about this match if there's nothing to cover. It's just punch, walk around, punch, walk around. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating here. When they're in the first two tiers of the cage, they don't do anything. There's no wrestling moves. There's no story with the wrestling moves. It's just punch. Now you're locked in the room. I don't know what to tell you. I hope that the fans of Starman and the new TNN have been satisfied. I hope that the coverage was enough. But this is going to end the case of the Doomsday Cage, and it's absolutely guilty. But this doesn't end the fun that we have here on the new TNN. Starman, negative three, is just getting fired up. Uh... Here at the new TNN this week, we've had a couple of fun shows come out. We did Bright Man on the uh, main event, two where the Mega Powers finally explode based on a confrontation with the Twin Towers. That was a fun uh, show to talk about. And then we released the Concrete Man Dirty Rotten Pervert special where we talked about the build-up to In Your House Beware of Dog when the British Bulldog confronts the Dirty Rotten Pervert Shawn Michaels. And we did it through the veil of watching Superstars from May of 96 that just dropped on the network on Peacock. It was a ridiculous show that featured uh, a kangaroo. That should be enough. You should go listen to it. But listen to everything here on the new TNN. Subscribe to the podcast feed so you get nudified. Put in the nude codes, man. I want to see see some naked Tomb Raiders fight, dude. Uh, Subscribe so you get notified when new content drops. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody about it. Let them get in on the madness. And uh, I guess take care of yourselves. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. And we are Pop. And I'm everything I am because you love me. You were my strength when I was weak. You were my